You're listening to Little Green Cheese, episode 72. Well, welcome back. I'm Gavin Weber, and this podcast is where you can learn about cheese making at home. We've been pretty busy on the cheese making front this weekend. I managed to make a fromaggio. Oh, let me see if I can pronounce it correctly. <laughs> Where is it? Oh, it's a good cheese. Um, all right, ubrecchio or abricchio. That's how you say it. So it means drunken cheese. It will be coming out soon, of course. The uh, the video, but uh, yeah, watch for it. Fromaggio ubrecchio. Um, so, which means drunken cheese and it's made with cow's milk. So it is a remarkably, um, purple looking cheese or mauve color, not mauve, maroon, maroon is probably the color it is. So that was a lot of good fun, uh, making that over the, uh, the last weekend. Um, and even young Benjamin, my son even got into the act because, uh, we went away for the weekend and he had to turn the cheese in the wine. So very interesting for him to get involved in the cheese making process. Anyway, let's uh, get on with some news. And this news is a little bit old, not probably two, three weeks, because we've had uh, the royal wedding happen. The, uh, the Prince Harry uh, married Meghan Markle um, and now they're the uh, uh, Duchess and... Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, I think. I hope I got that right. Anyway, let's uh, let's have a look at the news. Okay, so the news is from what's this? Eastern Daily Press. Not sure where that is. Eastern somewhere. Anyway, the. Uh, the story is, uh, here's the headline, Suffolk, Suffolk, I suppose that's here, so Suffolk, Dairy Farmer's Delight as his cheese features at Royal Breakfast. A Suffolk dairy farmer has expressed delight uh, that his award-winning cheese is set to appear on Prince Harry's breakfast menu on the day of the Royal Wedding. Johnny Crickmore from Fen Farm, Bungay, launched his Suffolk Brie Baron Big God, I think that's the name of the cheese, uh, just five years ago, and since then it has gone from strength to strength. This year he is moving his cheesemaking operations to a new building on the farm, which is three times the size of his present premises. Harry is set to stay at Cowworth or Coworth Park in Sunningdale, Berkshire, or Berkshire, uh, on the night before the wedding, the breakfast menu includes a full English with a Baron Big Good and bacon toasted croissants. Uh, Johnny, who spent Friday, May 18th in London at top London store Selfridges promoting his cheese, which is sold there, said he had no idea that his produce would feature until he saw it mentioned in the newspapers. It really doesn't sink in the things we achieve here over the last year or two. It is really amazing. It makes it all worthwhile, he said. This is what makes you want to get up in the morning. 
uh, goes on to say that he added, uh, it's great to mention, uh, to be able to mention Bungay and Suffolk, uh, both of which I'm very proud of. This year's sales have really soared, he said, with his quieter months now enjoying the same sales as during the busy period up to Christmas, April and May sales were up to 30 to 40%. The Crickmoors have 300 cows and about one third of the milk goes into making their own cheese and butter. The building is under pressure with the amount of product we put through it, said Johnny. We are just managing to keep the age of the cheese right at the moment. Johnny and wife Dulcie decided to branch out as milk prices hit the floor, but the diversification has meant they've been able to make the farm more profitable and they are even are now even selling small quantities of their cheese into Europe and Asia. Suffolk Organic Eggs will also feature at the Royal Nupules, uh, Nuptials, sorry, <laughs> at the Royal Nuptials going 500, well, sorry, with 500 going into Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's ethereal tasting wedding cake. Suffolk Organic Egg producer William Kendall of Maple Farm Kelsale near Saxmanham said he didn't know who was providing the eggs, but said it was uh, a coup for the county. We would be thrilled and honoured if they were ours, but if they are from Suffolk, we're thrilled anyway. Anyway, I'll post the link to that news article into the show notes because there's some excellent pictures of Johnny's uh, brie called, what was the brie called? Something crazy. Um, Baron Big God. So, uh, yeah, it's a good-looking brie or brie-style cheese, uh, and it's a traditional size. It looks like it's about 30 to 40 centimetres across. Um, so, yeah, decent-looking cheese. And I hope Harry enjoyed it on his uh, nuptials wedding morning. Very interesting indeed. Anyway, let's uh, get stuck into some of the listener voicemails uh, and the questions that they pose. All right, the first one is from uh, Tim, and it's a little bit uh, crackly. I couldn't really fix the the audio up, Um, but anyway, we'll um, proceed with it. It's not very long. Hello, Gavin. My name's Tim. Uh, Tim Estes in Omaha, Nebraska, USA. Got a question for you that might help me determine when the wheel of cheese that I have made actually feels dry. I have just removed that in one day. It feels dry, but I'm unsure of how to proceed with that issue. If you could, please let me know. Thanks. No problems, Tim. Um, don't quite know why that sounded a bit sped up, but uh, I got the uh, the question. I got the answer for your question. So when I'm air drying cheese after it's come out of the press, I look for it when it's at the stage of not fully dry, but it's touch dry in so much that when you touch it, it feels a little bit like a clammy handshake. That's probably the best uh, best description I can give it. So... When you touch it, you don't get moisture on your hand, but it still feels a little bit clammy, if that makes sense. If you let it dry out too much, the cheese will tend to crack uh, on the surface, and cracks on the surface of your rind are the last thing you really want because that is where bad bacteria or moulds and yeasts can harbour. They can hide in those cracks or develop in those cracks if you're making, say, a natural rind cheese, probably not the best thing. However, if you quickly uh, vac pack it, then you wouldn't have any trouble. But anyway, as I said, 
uh, you're looking for the cheese to uh, feel like a clammy handshake. Uh, so that's what I look for when I uh, get my cheeses ready and they all seem to work out quite well. So you don't look for it being absolutely dry. Now that can happen in as little as one day. It can also take up to seven days. It depends on the moisture in the cheese and it depends on the ambient temperature that you've got the cheese air drying in. So, Tim, I hope that's answered your question. Now, the next question is from Janine. Hi, Gavin. It's Janine here from New Zealand. I've just been watching your How to Make Halloumi, and I just have a question on the cheese salt. Do you have to use the cheese salt, or is it just a flavour more for the halloumi? What other salt am I able to use? Thank you. Bye. Uh, thanks, Janine. With halloumi, it doesn't really matter because there is no added uh, starter culture. So you could use table salt. Uh, that would be fine. Any sort of sea salt. You could even use, and it would probably look a bit funky actually, uh, some pink Himalayan uh, rock salt that's been crushed. Um, or you can, you can actually buy it as fine salt as well. So that would work, no problems at all. So basically any salt. You could even use iodized salt. Um, so that's no big deal uh, for halloumi because, like I said, you're only salting the outside of the cheese uh, when you fold it over, when it's warm, and there are no starter cultures present in there. Uh, so you're not going to kill anything off. It's a fresh cheese. You're supposed to eat it within a week or so, so any salt will do. I hope that answers your question, Janine, and thanks very much for sending it in. The next one is from Kin. I hope it's from Kin. Let's go for this. Hello, this is Pyeongtaek Kim. I just wonder how to make how to make ricotta or blue cheese using milk powder. Is it available using milk powder? So what I gather from Kin's voicemail there is he's trying to make a blue cheese using milk powder. Now milk powder at the at its best rarely sets occurred so when you um, add water to it and reconstitute the milk powder into what's known as powdered milk rarely if you add rennet to it does it set so there are a few videos on YouTube none of none of them are mine that claim to be able to make quick mozzarella out of powdered milk and I've watched them and it looks very involved and it ends up being like processed cheese because it's got oil added to it as well. However, I've never seen a blue cheese video um, or heard of a blue cheese that's ever been made from powdered milk. So I'm sorry there, Ken, I don't think it's possible. But if you have given it a try and it's worked, then reach out again, leave us another voicemail. I'll be very happy to play it on the podcast. Anyway, moving right along, we've got one from uh, Janice. Hello, Gavin. Thank you for posting this recipe. Our currently a small piece of halloumi cheese is running at $11 here in Squamish, BC, and I can make it for less than half that. So thank you again. Uh, no problems at all, Janice. And Janice was talking about the halloumi recipe. Seems like a podcast for halloumi, doesn't it? So the halloumi recipe... I've got a couple of videos on that, and I think I've got the written recipe over at littlegreencheese.com. So you can check that out. Uh, it is a cheap way of making a lot of halloumi very quickly. 
and especially if halloumi prices are high where you are and it absolutely does make the most delicious halloumi that when you fry it in a frying pan to make in a saganaki then um, it absolutely does taste amazing it's got lovely caramel not caramel uh, what's the word i'm looking for a nice brown crust when you um, when you fry it in a frying pan with a little bit of olive oil and it doesn't melt so that's absolutely fine that's what it's not supposed to do anyway because the the halloumi when you make it uh when you've um, pressed the cheese very rudimentary press using a couple of kilos of pressure on two i just use chopping boards and it presses the cheese down flat a little bit you cut about nine pieces out of that uh, flattened cheese and then you put it into uh, a mixture of i use water and whey and you heat that up to about, I think it's about 92 degrees Celsius, which is fairly high. And um, basically you wait for the cheese to cook in that. And when they float to the top, the halloumi's ready to uh, to salt and put mint into if you're going to put mint into it. So halloumi is a great little starter recipe for anybody who wants to uh, use it as their first cheese. Um, very hard to, well, I've never had a problem making it. Um, and I made, I did make it the first time when I was a novice. So um, I don't think it's very hard to muck up. Oh, sorry, it's it's difficult not to. I'll start again. It's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to to muck it up. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. All right, that'll do. All right. So that's halloumi, and I think we've got one last question from David. Hi, Gavin. Uh, greetings from Germany. My name is David, and I have a question. Um, I follow your podcast for quite some time and try to learn as much as I can. And in the middle of last year, I um, yeah tried to make major cheese. And in the last few weeks, I opened the first three cheeses. Um, all three were vacuum-packed and majored for three to four months. And they look good, they smell good, but they taste quite bitter. So my question is, uh, what factors in our home cheese making uh, can lead to a bitter cheese? Yeah. That's my question. Okay. Um, yeah. Again, uh, thank you. And I hope you can give me an answer. Goodbye. Well, thanks, David, for your question. I think I understood it. Uh, what makes cheese bitter um, during the aging process? Well, there's a couple of things that can do that. Actually, there's about three things that can do that. So the first one is if you use too much rennet, it will make the cheese bitter. Um, so what we're trying to achieve as home cheesemakers is to be able to set the curd within about an hour and with the least amount of rennet that we can possibly use. So uh, that's what we're trying to achieve because if we add too much rennet to the milk, then we're basically, it's going to make it bitter. Rennet does taste a little bit bitter by itself anyway. Uh, and that can happen with vegetarian rennet. Uh, not so much with uh, animal rennet. Uh, another factor that makes cheese uh, bitter as it ages is too much calcium chloride. 
Now, calcium chloride by itself, if you use that, then that tastes bitter as well. And the last thing is that, depending on the cheese, and I didn't hear what cheese you'd made. I didn't quite catch that because there was some noise in the background. But um, another thing that makes cheese bitter is that the curds haven't been cut small enough or they haven't been stirred long enough um, because they... um, they basically retain too much whey and the whey itself contains acid and it increases the overall acidity of the cheese and making that bitter as well. So that's three factors that can cause bitterness in your cheese. Thanks for your question, um, David. So just lastly, um, this uh, podcast episode should go out a few hours before my 100,000 subscriber giveaway uh, is about to be drawn. So if you listen to this fairly quickly, then you can enter the giveaway. You can go over to littlegreencheese.com slash 100 subs. And let me just check that, make sure that's 100% correct. Um, Where is it? Yep, so the link is littlegreenworkshops.com slash 100 subs. It's that simple. And then if you uh, manage to get that in there quick enough, um, as I'm recording it, there are five hours to go. But uh, by the time I get this up, there'll probably be about two or three. So hopefully you'll be able to watch the, um, sorry, enter the giveaway, the 100,000 subscriber giveaway from uh, my YouTube channel. So uh, you get to win a hard cheese making kit. Um, and I will send it anywhere in the world. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a very interesting episode, uh, lots of questions. But, yeah, that, that's what makes the show. So don't forget, if you've got a question for me, Gavin, then uh, pop over to littlegreencheese.com and you can use the SpeakPipe widget that's usually on one of the pages or over on the side Uh, on the right-hand side of the page, and you can leave a voicemail question. Just make sure that you leave it nice and clear and uh, to replay your audio to see if it's okay because some some of the questions people have sent in, unfortunately, I've been unable to play them on the show. They've been so bad that I can't even understand them myself. So please take a moment to listen to your question after you've recorded it before you hit the send button. So that's fantastic. Also, don't forget that you can also leave an an iTunes review. So if you like the show, then uh, pop over to iTunes and uh, give it a review if you are using an Apple device. If not, I'd love to see a comment on the bottom of the the show notes for this, and you'll find the show notes over at littlegreencheese.com. And finally, we do have kits and supplies that are available for sale. Uh, you can find those over at littlegreencheese.com as well. Uh, And that'll take you away to our e-commerce store where we sell all that sort of stuff. We ship all over the world, uh, bar a few countries where we're not allowed to ship, unfortunately. Okay, uh, that's all we've got time for. You've been listening to Little Green Cheese Podcast. You can also buy my cheesemaking ebook, Keep Calm and Make Cheese, over at any good online retailer. You can find kits, supplies over at littlegreenworkshops.com.au. And for any recipes that I've written, pop over to littlegreencheese.com, and most of them are there. 
bar the ones that I'm putting into the second volume of my book. Thanks for listening, Curd Nerds, and stay tuned for the next exciting episode of Little Green Cheese Podcast. Where'd that goat come from? You've been listening to Little Green Cheese Podcast. I played Malt Shop Bop and the news theme from uh, Kevin McLeod. See you later.